This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. I know we've got a few guests with this morning. We just want to say welcome to you. Uh, thank you for being here at Church of the Harvest. We're, we're just a family of Christ followers. And uh, we, we have found that the Lord has brought us together and we're stronger together than we are individually by ourselves. And, and so we've chosen to link arms and fulfill God purpose, God's purposes in the earth uh, together. And we do meet in, in small groups throughout the week, but we still love Sundays. And we come together and we worship here corporately on Sunday morning. Amen. Uh, as I said, at Harvest, you know, we're just, a, we're just a small expression of the body of Christ. We love God, and we love people, and we serve the world as the hands and feet of Jesus. If you're part of the Harvest family, what is our vision? It's to make, grow, and equip followers of Jesus to fulfill their God-given purpose in life. And we do that through community, discipleship, and outreach. As we start a new series a couple of weeks ago called what? Heaven on Earth. Heaven on Earth. There it is. Heaven on Earth. And, uh, and guys, we, um, I, two weeks ago, I kind of laid the groundwork for this series. And I want this to kind of be kind of our, our theme for the year because, because this is part of our responsibility. This is part of the reason that we are here on earth. And, and if, you, if, if you did not hear the week one, two weeks ago, I, I want you to hear kind of the groundwork I laid for this. And I have, um, I, I've got a lot of you that have said, man, man what a great perspective, way of, of looking at things differently. Because how many of you know we're, we're programmed from the time that we're born to look at things from a very earthly, uh, carnal, uh, worldly perspective. But once we receive Jesus, we're no longer of this world. We're of a different kingdom. And so our mindsets have got to change. That's why we've got to be constantly renewing our mind, the Bible says. We've got to begin to look at things not from a worldly perspective, like we were kind of trained up and raised to, but to look at things from a godly perspective, look at things from a heavenly perspective. And so when I talk about heaven on earth, I also want to clarify because I had a few questions over the last week. A few of you asked me some different questions on things. And so when we talk about the kingdom of heaven, we, 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 I, I showed you a few places in Scripture where it's Jesus speaking, and he's talking about the kingdom of God. And I would challenge you, a few of you question like the kingdom of heaven, and, and you're still thinking of the kingdom of heaven as a location, as a place. And that's not what's being referred to when Jesus says the kingdom of heaven, because he said the kingdom of heaven is here. Now, this is earth. This is not a location called heaven, Right? As a matter of fact, he went on to say the kingdom of heaven is inside of you. That's obviously not referring to an actual location, right? And so I, I wanted to clarify this just a little bit. Uh, so that was the first thing I told you week one is the kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom of God is here. It, he said it's in your midst, it's inside of you. The second thing I told you week one is that everlasting life starts the moment you say yes to Jesus. Now we all know John three sixteen. That, you know, God's so the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish. That's referring to death. Not death like you're thinking from your earthly, carnal, mindly, earthly human mindset. I'm not talking about the day you die. I'm talking about being born under the curse of sin. But if we keep our eyes on Jesus, we focus on him, we make him Lord of our life, it says that we will have what? Everlasting what? Life. That doesn't mean when you're in your 80s or 90s or 100s that you're not going to die. Your body's not going to die in the earth. It is going to, right? But you are an eternal being. Whether you ever receive Jesus or not, you will always exist. You will always exist in either death or in life. And actually, when, in John 3, 16, when it says everlasting life, the word life actually, in its purest form, it means, when it's translated, it means to be present with the Lord. So you can either live out your existence 
separated from the Lord in death, or you can live out your existence present with the Lord in life. You guys understand what I'm saying here? So that's why I can say everlasting life that's referred to in John 3.16 applies to you the moment you surrender your life truly to Jesus. Life begins. Third thing I told you was the kingdom of God refers to our citizenship. The kingdom of God, when Jesus keeps saying this, he's referring to our citizenship when Christ lives, rules, and reigns in our hearts. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. We are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Our citizenship is the reason why even today we can extend our faith and we can walk in and we can receive the promises of heaven. That's why today we can walk in the things that God promised. His unmerited favor, his peace, his joy, his health, his healing, his protection, his provision. We can receive those today because we have been become citizens of a new kingdom where those things are already promised. They're already ours. And then the last thing I told you was his kingdom comes through us. We are the carriers of the kingdom of God. I'm going to explain this a little further in just a minute. But we have every right to experience the benefits of heaven here on earth and to extend those to others. We can not only experience heaven on earth, but we can bring the, maybe I can clarify by saying bring the culture of heaven to earth. And then last week we talked for a minute about the fruit of our lives. We talked about what is the evidence of our allegiance and our obedience and our citizenship. The Bible calls it the fruit of our life, our fruit. And fruit is what comes forth from your life every single day. It's your attitude. It's your, your responses to people and situations. It's how, how you respond and how you handle situations. It's, it's what you put your faith in. It's, it's every action you take and it's every word that you speak. And, and Jesus took it a step further and said it's even the thoughts that you think. They reveal what's truly inside of you, right? They also reveal your citizenship because Jesus said, you'll know my followers. You'll know those who are members of the kingdom of heaven by their fruit. And Jesus said that we are to bear much good fruit. This is our witness, and this is what brings heaven to earth. And I, I just wanted to give an example before I continue on. You know, we talked about week one about how Paul referred to himself and other believers as ambassadors, right, of the kingdom of God, of the kingdom of heaven. And so I was thinking again about ambassadors because I, I had one person say, I don't understand how do we bring heaven to earth. And look, earth is not going to become heaven. Earth is going to pass away, right? Earth is not going to become a location called heaven. Earth is going to pass away as we know it. And so when we think about ambassadors, we're born of a different kingdom. We are sent into the earth as ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. Now think for a minute um, about our ambassadors, our, our U.S. ambassadors. So say you were appointed as an ambassador of the United States to South Africa. Has South Africa become the United States? Nope. But you've brought the United States into South Africa. You've brought it with you. As a matter of fact, you've been sent by the United States. You've been provided. You know what ambassadors are provided for? They're taken care of. They're given a place to eat, a place to live, and a place to, and food to eat. They're even given protection. Do you know that generally our embassies where the ambassador lives and everything, there, there's a certain amount of U.S. troops there, and, 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 they've, and, and they're armed. They're armed well to protect the ambassador. They're provided for. They're protected. And how many of you know they're different than everybody else? That U.S. ambassador to South Africa, he looks a bit different than South Africans. He talks different than them, right? He responds different than them. Well, how does he act? He, he acts like an American. 
He talks like an American. He responds, hopefully with respect and honor, like an American should, right? Because he's carrying the culture of America into this foreign land. He's not making South Africa become America, but he's certainly bringing the United States in. He's bringing the United States with him, right? And with him comes the culture. I mean, you know, if you've ever traveled abroad, you can spot an American in a moment in another country, right? We always tend to stand out just like we, and sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. But hopefully, we as ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven are good representatives of the kingdom of which we're from. Does this make sense? You guys following me? Moving on. Uh, the fruit of our life, that's what brings heaven to earth. Uh, guys, it's our kingdom. We're, we're, Jesus said we're to pray, your kingdom come. We're part of that kingdom. So our kingdom, the kingdom of our, of our God, your kingdom come in my life, in my family, in my church, in my community today, just as it is in heaven. That's what we live for, guys. That's our declaration. It's the fruit of our lives. We bring the kingdom to earth through our humble submission and obedience to God's word and to his will. And last week, we talked a little bit about what that looks like in our personal life, right? Now, how many of you were here last week? Looks like some of our young adult guys are a little more dressed up today. <laughs> Bring it again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just found that interesting. A couple of people pointed out, wow, look at our guys. They're looking nice today. It's like, yeah, you, you weren't here last week. You need to listen to that. Or maybe you don't. I don't know. Um, uh, moving on. So, guys, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to, make this, uh, I'm going to make this rather brief because, as I said, this is a big day, annual day for us as a church. And um, you should have gotten handouts. We'll talk about that more here in just a few minutes about um, our community groups and equipping groups uh, for the spring. And, and for the first time, we've given out a calendar of events, which is pretty solid for the year that you guys begin you know, putting things in. So we want to talk about that uh, for a few minutes. I am gonna, going to be rather brief. But, um, but with that said, know, as a part of this series, knowing who you are as a follower of Christ, knowing where your allegiance lies, and knowing why you're here, what are the practical ways that we bring heaven to earth? That's what we've been talking about. So I want to start by talking about this. What are our core values? Our core values are community discipleship, and outreach as a church, right? Now, I would argue there's one thing necessary to fulfill all three of these. Community, to disciple and to be discipled, and to reach out. There's one thing that we have to include in this. It's others, right? If we isolate ourselves, if we separate ourselves from the church, from the family of God, we cannot, we cannot fulfill those things. And so, Think about community for a second. Obviously, that speaks for itself. We're not to isolate ourselves. You may like locking yourself down in your house with your cat, and that might be some weird form of community for you, but that's not what the Bible's talking about, okay? We need each other. For true Christian community, it's going to require you to interact with others, other believers. Secondly, discipleship. Uh, scripturally, we are to be disciples, and we are also to be discipling. And in order to do so, once again, we can't do it on our own. It's going to require others. I've heard people say, well, I don't really, I'm not a fan of organized religion. I don't really like the church, but I believe in God. All I need is the Word and the Holy Spirit. It's not what the Word of God says. It's not what it says. 
And the last thing being outreach. Again, this one speaks for itself. Guys, you cannot reach out and you cannot be reached out to if you are constantly isolating yourself from the family of God. We need each other. So we're talking about bringing heaven to earth, and I would argue that one of the easiest ways to go after this is to be planted consistently and rooted consistently in Christian community. It's one of the easiest ways to make progression. So I'm going to go to Acts chapter 2. You guys know Acts chapter 2. If you've got a Bible, you can turn to it. If not, uh, you, can, uh, you can pull up your mobile device, open the YouVersion Bible app, and, and if you hit more and hit events, the notes will just pop up on your phone, and you can follow along. But in Acts chapter 2, um, this, is, this is the day of Pentecost. You guys remember this, right? Uh, Jesus ascended into heaven. Um, there's a there's a hundred some people gathered together in the upper room. Uh, the promise the promise, the Holy Spirit is poured out. He comes in, he fills that room. He fills each and every one of those Christ followers in that room. Tongues of fire, I mean, incredible. And, he, and the Holy Spirit empowers them. And, and we see one of the evidences of those is the boldness that suddenly we see in Peter. He, uh, just the commotion of what's going on has already drawn a crowd around this building. And Peter steps outside. The same guy who just a few months earlier had denied even knowing Jesus, he walks out and, and brother was bold. He's like, this same Jesus. Jesus, you crucify. I mean, he's like, he's bold. And just an evidence of the whole thing. So this is what's happened here. And we know that he goes on to lead 3,000 people to Jesus and gets them all baptized, and they become part of the church. Now, guys, they didn't have a little building to meet on on Goodman Road. There wasn't church buildings back then. All there was was the temple and the synagogue, and that was the Jews. The Jews weren't sure about these folks who were talking about Jesus. And so when we talk about the church here, the Lord adding to their numbers, we're talking about the body of Christ, the family of God, right? So in Acts chapter 2, verse 40, it says, And with many other words, he solemnly testified, this Peter, and kept exhorting them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. But so then those who had received his word were baptized. This is the word of God, the good news of the gospel. And that day there were added about 3,000 souls. And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And it says in verse 43, everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. And many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together. And, all, and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing with all as anyone might have need. And day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Guys, this is our example This is what the body of Christ should still look like today. What's it say in here? We see this picture of Christian community. It says together they were devoted to the word of God. They were devoted to him. They were devoted to each other. They were devoted to prayer. They were devoted to communion. It says they took care of one another to the point that there wasn't need. They saw one of their brothers and sisters in Christ in need, and they couldn't take care of them monetarily. They'd look around and go, I got something I can sell to help take care of you. And they would take care of them. Day after day, they worshiped the Lord together in the temple and the temple courts. This would, I guess we could say that's like at church. But also in each other's homes. They ate their meals together with thanksgiving. 
Guys, this was so attractive, what, what was happening here, that I believe uh, th- this is what God was using to draw people in. They were seeing a people, I mean, they're, they're looking in from the outside, and they're seeing these folks, and then they're saying, I, I need what they have. I need to be a part of this. They saw a people that were so devoted to one another and to God. And, and, and guys, what they saw was a picture of heaven. That's what they were seeing. And it was obvious to every person that the church came in contact with. And so like I say, I, we've got quite a bit we want to cover today and give you guys a little bit of vision for the upcoming months. But I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you eight things right quick, eight reasons why it's important to be in relationship with other believers. And, and guys, you will see heaven on earth through these things. So eight things. Number one, Christian community meets our need for love. Christian community meets our need for love. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Look what the Message Bible says. It says, friends love through all kinds of weather, whatever storm may come. And families stick together in all kinds of trouble. Guys, we were created to love and we were created to be loved. First by God and secondly by others in this natural world. We all desire love. And so we know we serve a king, a God who first loved us. He poured out his love to us as a free gift. But he also gave us each other to meet our our earthly natural need for love and companionship. And so when I say love here... It's actually, many times it's generally referring to, to philia, the Greek word philia, which is a brotherly love. But guys, that's not even, it's not the same as what we would think of as Americans today. But this is the same love that would lay down its life for a friend. Christian community meets that deep longing, that need that God placed within you for love. Secondly, number two. Christian community inspires your relationship with the Lord. You guys know Proverbs 27, 17. It says, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. How many of you would agree that there is strength and there is power in numbers? Right? So when we're surrounded by other believers, guys, you will feel inspired. You will feel empowered in your faith, and I would argue it even makes you more sensitive to the presence of the Lord when you are consistently gathering together with other believers. It's really powerful when believers join together, encouraging one another, being an accountability in one another's lives. Guys, I don't know about you, but I need people checking on me. I need people asking hard questions. I need people challenging me to really live out my faith. And the Bible says that each and every one of us need that. And so Christian community inspires our relationship with the Lord. Number three, Christian community challenges you to be more like Jesus. Hebrews 10, 24, it says, and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. What day drawing near? The return of Jesus, the end of this natural life. Look at the Passion Translation. I love this. It says, discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them toward acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. We're to be discovering creative ways to encourage others and motivate them to love. Something that we're supposed to work at and go after. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing. How many of you would say, that's today. That's today. This is not the time. It says, because we need each other. In fact, 
we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge others onward as we anticipate the day dawning. Now, guys, he's saying don't forsake the assembling together. He said you should be doing it all the more as you see the day coming. Are we closer or further away from the return of Jesus than they were? We're much, much, much closer to the return of Jesus than you guys were. And they were meeting day after day together. Stats in the U.S. say that the average Christian uh, person in the U.S. who claims to be Christian is attending church somewhere every four to six weeks. I think we're missing something. Not many things will spur you to be more like Jesus than the daily grind of interaction with others. <laughs> many times, many times, sometimes this verse is used to refer to marriage, but I would argue the truth is that God also gives us community so that we can become more like him, so that we can be refined. God reminds us, his, the word reminds us that we are in relationships to encourage one another in our pursuit of him. And I would also say that it's within the context of community that we're given the opportunity to be refined as followers of Christ. So that's number three. Number three was Christian community challenged us to be more like Jesus. Number four, Christian community allows you to see the need of others, the needs of others. 1 Thessalonians 5.14 says, We urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with who? Everyone. The Message Bible says it this way. It says, our counsel is that you would warn the freeloaders to get a move on. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Gently encourage the stragglers. Reach out for the exhausted and pull them to their feet. Be patient with each other, attentive to individual needs. And be careful that when you get on each other's nerves, you don't snap at each other. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, oh. <laughs> Look for what's best in each other and always do your best to bring it out. Isn't that good? Yeah. Guys, when you're really engaged in Christian community, you will begin to see the needs of those around you. And it's clear that we are called to strengthen the weak, to encourage those who are down and out. And community calls us out of our, of our selfishness. It calls us out of, being, of our, our, our tendency to be, to be self-absorbed. And it does that by giving us the responsibility to look outward instead of inward uh, at those around us. That's number four. Number four, Christian community allows you to see the need of others. Number five, Christian community encourages you to work through conflict. No, don't we love conflict? Mm. <laughs> that makes Christian community real attractive, doesn't it? Encourages you to work through conflict. 1 Corinthians 1.10 says, Now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree, Woo! and there be no divisions among you. Jesus, help us. But that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. Here's what the Passion Translation says. I urge you, my brothers, my brothers and sisters, for the sake of the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to agree to live in unity with one another and put to rest any division that attempts to tear you apart. I love the way this is well worded because how many of you know the opportunity for division will come? The opportunity to divide unity will come. But we're to work to put those things to rest. When we see them begin to crop up, we put them to rest. It says, be restored as one united body, living in perfect harmony. Form a I love this. Form a consistent choreography among yourselves. Having common perspective, being Jesus with shared values. Have you know, you bring any group of people together, and there's one thing I promise you can expect. Conflict. It's going to... 
Mm. It trips me out, people to come, uh, will come up to me. Hopefully, it hadn't happened in a little while. <laughs> I'm not talking about you if you're out there, I promise, if you've done this before. It trips me out, people to come up to me, and, and they're like, I've got to talk to you. I can't believe it, but so-and-so told me that so-and-so said that so-and-so said something bad about me, and I just can't believe that would happen in church. I think I'm just going to find another place to go, and I'm going. Hmm. So you've never said anything you should have about somebody, I guess, right? Time to run. That's what our culture likes to do. Conflict arises and we pack up and hightail it out instead of actually coming face to face and dealing with the situation with respect and with love and with honor, dealing with those things head on. God calls us to work through division between us as the body of Christ and the family of God. And we are told to be a united body, it says there, which is not always easy because it's not natural for the flesh right? It's a humbling experience. It teaches us to lay down our pride, to prefer one another, and to communicate. Woo! We need each other. I've heard people say, well, I just don't do conflict. Well, you better learn to because you're going to encounter it. God wants you to be around people. The more you're around people, the more opportunity there's going to be for conflict. Not, don't go chasing after conflict now, you know. We need each other because many times it's within the messiness of relationships that we're most reminded of our desperate need for him. Uh, so Christian community encourages us to work through conflict. Number six, Christian community will lift you up emotionally. Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the love of Christ. The Passion Translation says, love empowers us to fulfill the law of the anointed. Who's the anointed one? Jesus. What was the, what was the law? He said, love the Lord your God, love your neighbor as yourself, right? It's love that empowers us to do this. Um, where'd I go? Um, it's love that empowers us to fill the law of, the, of Jesus Christ as we carry each other's burdens. Have you know, we have many natural needs in this life, and we also have emotional needs in this life. Guys, emotions are not a bad thing. Do you guys realize, you know why you have emotions? Because you were made in the image of a God who has emotions. We see God's emotions all over the Bible. But God keeps them in check. And he expects us. He gives us the grace for us to keep them in check as well. And sometimes that's difficult. And that's one of the reasons he's given us each other. We're given the responsibility to support one another, even in tough times, and to carry one another's burdens. We need to be there for each other in the family of God. And we also have to have the, have the courage to ask one another for help when we're in need, when we're struggling, when we're down and out. When we need help and we need to be lifted up, we need to have the courage to ask that. It's important to be real with one another because that's what true community is all about. We've all probably grew up, if you grew, even if you grew up in the church, before you really got things right with the Lord, you knew how to act in church. Those words I don't say in church. I hear people say that. Oh, ooh, I can't say that word in church. I'm like, well, then why can you say it anywhere else? I don't, I don't understand. We're called to be the church everywhere, not within four walls. You know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand. <laughs> but, but, We've got to learn to be real. We've got to learn to be genuine. Without that, that's not true community. You're just putting on a facade, right? And we've all gotten good at it at times, probably at some point in our life. Number seven, Christian community reveals your gifts and talents. Ecclesiastes 9, 
uh, I'm sorry, 4, 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls, and there's not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together and keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? And if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. A, can, a, a cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. Guys, when we gather together, there is strength. You know why? Because you're strong where I'm weak. And I'm weak where you're strong. And with God in the center, that makes a cord that's really hard to break. And when we look at it in the context of, com- of community, I mean, there's, there's double the strength when there's two of us together. There's double the endurance, the stamina. There's double the talents and the giftings. There's double the strengths. I mean, guys, within the context of community, we're given the opportunity to see and discover what our strengths and weaknesses are, what our gifts and what our talents are, and to use them to bless each other. And how many of you know we are each given a very specific role in the body of Christ? We're given a very specific role in the kingdom of God. And we're to use that to glorify God to the fullest. As a matter of fact, Romans 12, 27 says, now you are Christ's body and individual members of it. Again, going back to the Passion Translation, it says, you are the body of the anointed one, of Jesus Christ. That's, that's also called the church. That's you and me. And each of you is a unique and vital part of it. Community reveals your giftings and talents. Number eight, last one. Christian community will meet your practical needs. Christian community will meet your practical needs. Guys, how do you know the United States looks a lot different than it did 100 years ago? And in some ways, thank God. In other ways, especially when it comes to the church, a lot of things have changed, like our gathering together. Also, do you know, I read a thing recently that was talking about how in many ways um, our, our welfare system in the United States is, is a bit broken. And... Um, and no condemnation to anybody who truly needs it and, and uses it, you know, appropriately, you know, at a time in your life. But, but I read somebody went back and traced this back and looked at, said, what happened over the last hundred years in the U.S. And you know what really the big kicker to all this is? When the Great Depression hit, everybody moved inward and was holding on out of fear to everything they had. They stopped helping the poor. They stopped helping those that were in need. They stopped reaching out. And that translated into the church. And suddenly you found the government, who was never supposed to fulfill this role in the first place, it was supposed to be the church, the government says, oh, we got a lot of poor people, we got to do something about this. It was the church's responsibility to take care of the poor. And the church failed, right? The church, we are to meet the practical needs of those around us, especially each other. And then the world outside of that. I want to go back, before I close, I want to look back at Acts chapter 2, verse 42, one more time. And this time, I want you, I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. You don't have to read along with me if you don't want. I just want you to think about this from the perspective of community and the perspective of meeting the practical needs of others. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Today, we call that the Word of God, right? Their hearts were mutually linked to one another. All the Christians, the believers, the followers of Jesus, they were sharing in communion and coming together regularly for prayer. A deed sense of awe, holy awe swept over everyone, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body. Everybody say, all believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need 
among them. Daily, they met together, God's together, it's community, in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful and tender hearts, joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with the praises of God and joined the favor of all people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. Guys, it's no different today. Community is the place for your needs to be met and for you to meet the needs of others. It's a community. It's a give and it's a take. We're to be there for one another. It's great that you come to church on Sunday morning. And guys, this is just the smallest taste of Christian community. That's why as a church family, we really push community groups. You need to be getting together during the week with other believers that you can be there for, that you can invest in, that can invest in you, that you can encourage and they can encourage you. You've got to, you've got to have that. That's why I love our community groups in this church because, guys, I, I, you know, I, I'm not getting calls all the time about taking care of people and their needs. It's the community groups that are getting the calls. And they're rallying around, and I'm finding out a week later, oh, what happened in somebody's life? But it's all right. Their community group has lined up meals for them, and they've gone by and visited, and, and they're doing all these things. And I'm going, wow, that's incredible. That's what the church is supposed to look like right there. Community is the place for our needs to be met and for us to meet the needs of others. Some of us need to learn in the midst of this to, to let down the walls that, that we've got in our life and ask our brothers and sisters in Christ for help sometimes. We, we, we somehow, in the, especially in the church in the U.S., we've gotten this idea that, well, I've heard people say, well, I could, I could never ask for help. I just have too much pride for that. It's like, you just admitted it. I mean, uh, you just admitted you're in pride. I We've got to let down the walls. We've got to be willing to ask for help. That's what we're there for. We're a family. How many times did you go to your mom and dad? Most of you, you know, when you had a real need, you went and you asked your mom and dad or, or family member for help. We've got to be willing to do the same thing. Maybe you're going through a tough time and you need somebody to help you up. You need somebody to pick up the kids. You didn't have time to make a meal. You need somebody to just listen to you. You need help financially. Guys, that's what we're here for. We're here for one another. Through Christian community, the practical needs will be met. We need community. Through Christian community, we will bring the kingdom, the culture of heaven to earth. And our communities, our families will never be the same. Amen? Amen. All right. Moving onward. I'm going to invite my wife to come up and join me. We didn't even talk about that. Sorry. But, but, uh, uh, but I don't have those papers you have in your hand. I'm going to need to see those anyway. Did everybody get the papers? Um, if you're part, especially if you're part of the Harvest family, we passed out some papers. If you did not get the papers at the door, please lift up your hands. Ushers are coming forward right now wherever the ushers are. I don't see an usher in the room. Well, <laughs> if one of our staff members would please go out and find our ushers. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. There we go. Awesome. Cool. Um, if you would lift your hand, if you didn't get the, get the sheets that were passed out um, as you came in this morning, that would be awesome. That is um, a list of our community groups, our equipping groups, our serve groups um, this spring, as well as um, a calendar of events um, that's uh, an overview of this year. And anybody else? Still some hands lifted up. Right over here. Guys, a few up here on the front. Anybody else? Anybody doesn't have the papers? There's three or four still over here, guys. Just keep your hands raised up high. They're getting them over to you. All right. All right. So 
Uh, so we wanted to jump right on into this. Guys, if you know, uh, if you're part of the Harvest family, you know that we strongly encourage every person who's a, who's a member of the Harvest family to be involved in a community group. I, I, I told you guys a year or two ago that if, if your work schedule dictates that you can only come to church once a week, you can only be involved in a church activity once a week, I would rather you be involved in a community group than be in church on Sunday morning because you need community. You need to be around other people. We can slip in and slip out on Sunday morning. Without anybody knowing our business and without anybody knowing what's going on, without building any relationship or community, not, it's a little more difficult when you're meeting in somebody's house together and you're getting to know each other and you're letting down walls. And so, um, so guys, that community has become such a strength in our church family. And, uh, I mean, it's just uh, really, if you're, if you're going to be at our, at our family members meeting, you're going to hear some awesome stats on our community groups. But, uh, but anyway, what we're going to do is um, we're going to um, announce these. We're going to start on the first sheet where it shows our community connections, option number one, weekly community groups. We're going to call the name of the community group leader. We're going to ask them to stand up so that you can see them. And then we're going to give you a few details on each one. So you want to so our groups that meet weekly, um, the first one I'm going to do is actually Andrew and Haley Levin. I see we got Andrew right there. Um, and so they meet on Fridays at 630. We've got Matt and Ashley Levin. And I know she's in a kid's class. Matt Stan. Matt and Ashley Levin. All right. Um, they have a group on Tuesdays at 630 in their home here in Olive Branch. And I know that that's kid-friendly with that group. Um, Charles and Letitia McGee. I know Charles, there he is back there in the back. Um, they actually have a Zoom group. So guys, you know, for some of you, it might be challenging to physically get somewhere. So on Monday nights, they meet at 7 o'clock via Zoom, and um, they've had a lot of success with that group. Um, Robert and April Montgomery, they have a group um, that meets in their home on Friday evenings at 6.30, and uh, their home is in Bihelia. We have Michael and Eddie Thede. They have a group that meets um, on Friday evenings at 6.30 in South Haven, and they actually meet at the Toons home. Um, Rob and Shauna Thomas. Oh, do we need to? Yeah, we're here. Uh, we meet um, on Wednesdays uh, in our home at 6.30 p.m. Uh, we, we eat, and then at 7 o'clock we get started. Now, we have several groups that meet twice a month that we want to bring attention to. So we've got Richard and Chris Bounds. So Richard's in the back, and Chris is right here. Um, they meet on the second and fourth Sundays of the month following church. So they meet in their homes at 1230 here in Olive Branch. We have Joe Rook, and she uh, meets on the second and fourth at 2 p.m., and that is on um, Tuesdays, the second and fourth Tuesdays of the month at a home here in Olive Branch. We've got pastors Bob and Ellen Thomas. And they meet on the first and third Sundays of the month at 1230 in their home, which is here in Olive Branch. So those are like our weekly or twice a month community groups. Um, the next thing that we want to bring attention to is um, what we call community meetups. So these are groups that get together once a month um, for fellowship, all right? And um, so the first one, once again, is Joe Rook. Ooh. So she, um, on the first Sunday of the month, she does a fellowship in Potluck out in her home. And um, she lives out in Eads, and so her group's exciting um, because she's actually meeting the needs of her community and her neighborhood, um, has a lot of involvement there. Um, Tracy Martin or Anna Lanier, which I don't see either one of them here, but they do a um, women's, it's called Taco Thursday, every second Thursday of the month. They meet up at different restaurants. We've got Laura Sapala and Kim Guyton, and so they do a ladies' lunch bunch that meets up for lunch um, 
on the fourth Wednesday of the month at different restaurants. Um, we've got Mike Reed. He's is actually Rolling um, at Rolling Hills today. Um, but he does a um, different men's event each month. Um, so usually it's a dinner on a Monday night, but um, we'll go through the calendar in a minute. You can see there's other activities that take place there. And then we've got um, Christian and Becca Walker. Um, and so they have actually a family meetup, which they actually had last night. And Rob and I got to go be a part of that. And so they meet um, monthly, um, usually in their home from like 4 to 7 and have dinner and just have the families together. And so um, one other way that you can connect, um, which is actually a I think an important ministry here in the church is actually mentoring. And so mentoring is kind of like a three-month program where you meet individually with a male with a male, woman with a woman, specifically for some reason. And um, so if that is something that interests you as well, um, we can get you connected there. So on the front of that page, you guys see that QR code? So as we're talking today, you can actually scan that QR code. And if you're not currently involved in a group or you want more information in anything that we're talking about, you can scan that and you can check which groups you are interested in. And those leaders will give you a call this week with information, okay? So you're not committing by checking it. You're just saying, I want some more information, okay? So that's how, like, your next step to get you guys involved. Um, you want me to keep going? Keep going. All right, so turn your page over. So that's our community connections. Um, the next thing here is what we call our equip groups. So our equip groups are places that you can go where the word of God um, is going to be taught or you're going to be challenged in your faith. And so the first one we have is actually our Sunday school class. And um, this class is going to begin next Sunday. And it's, um, the class is actually called Spiritual Gifts. And so that is going to take place at 845. And that's back in our fellowship hall, which is this room back here. And we do have um, child care during that time as well. So I encourage you guys. This is going to be an awesome class. Um, we have our Harvest Youth. And um, I think we've got some husbands in here that can represent that. So we've got Austin and Chris. Their wives are serving in the children's today. Um, but they are youth for 6th through 12th grade. Meets every Wednesday here at the church at 6.30 p.m. Um, every Sunday morning, John Cobb, um, he leads our um, prayer that takes place here from 8.45 to 9.30. And just stay standing because he's starting a new group this semester um, called Zoom Through Romans. And so it's going to be a Zoom group that meets on Thursdays at 6.30, and they're going to be learning and going through the book of Romans verse by verse, all right? So if that's something that interests you, mark that on your card, and he will get you that link and um, talk to you. Um, another group we here uh, have, where are my uh, young adults, age 18 through 29? All right, so we have a group specifically for them led by Chris and Nadia Levin, and that group meets on the second and fourth Sundays of the month here in Olive Branch in their home. Um, another ministry that is an equipping ministry, some of you may not know, is we have what's called our Harvest Ministry School. And um, this is actually a two-year program. Um, we've got, we'll be having graduation that um, is coming up here in May. Um, but um, Barbara Nallen oversees that. They meet on Tuesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. <laughs> she got a quick stand. Yeah. Uh, she, real fast. Um, but if that's something that interests you, that you would like to join or want more information for in the fall, please mark that. And then the last thing, we've already mentioned this a little bit today, is our growth track. And so growth track here at Harvest is basically the foundation. So class 101 is um, basically what we as a church believe. Then 201 is basic foundations and beliefs, like basic disciplines, so that we as believers should have. And then 301, 401, uh, we actually call discovery 
discovering my spiritual gifts. And so it's like, what has God created me to do and how can I use that in the body of Christ? And so anybody that serves here in our harvest in any capacity com- completes, completes the growth track. And um, oh, my voice just like, what? I know it's emotional. Oh, it's so emotional, the growth track and serving. Um, but since we're talking about serving, that last portion right there, where it says harvest family service opportunities, anybody that has completed the growth track, so those three courses, these are just different areas that you can serve in within the church. And so I just encourage you, maybe you're in here and you've completed the growth track and you're not serving, or maybe you were serving and you had to step away for a while because life circumstances, I would encourage you to look at these options and say, okay, here's where you can count on me. Here's where I would like to begin serving. Um. Before we go any further with that, I want to mention, too, something that we do not have on that sheet. Many of you keep hearing about the gathering, and, um, and uh, that is a ministry of Church of the Harvest. Um, it is headed up by Chris and Nadia Levin, and uh, some of you know that was launched back in October. Um, I, I, we'll give an update on it during our, our family members meeting, uh, but guys, uh, it is a gathering uh, at Coffee Central in South Haven for young adults, uh, 18 to 29, and uh, they fully run it and put this thing on. And um, guys, it's powerful. There are uh, some things coming that we're not quite ready to discuss yet, but I, I believe this thing is about to blow wide open. It's increasing. More and more churches are getting involved. Church of the Harvest name is not on it anywhere. We're trying to gather young adults. We recognize the church in America has gotten pretty good at kids ministry and pretty good at youth ministry, but is failing in young adults, reaching young adults. A lot of times they're going off to college and, and they're not coming back. And so this was a place where we're trying to encourage them that's not a, not a church building, a place where they can gather together other believers they can invite folks to come to and uh, for a couple hours after hours at the coffee shop and the thing is starting to blow up and you're trust me you're going to hear a whole lot more on it in the in the coming weeks and so um, anyway that's another that's uh, every first and third Thursday night at Coffee Central in South Haven so all right, so the last thing we just want to bring attention to, we've never done this before that I know of in Harvest history, um, the Church of the Harvest 2023 calendar of events. So as we are talking about community here at Harvest, um, every single ministry submitted um, to the leadership team the ministry events and activities that they wanted to do for the year. And so all of those got put into this calendar and um, are now being given to you so you can know when kids camp's going to be, youth camp's going to be, women's retreat's going to be, um, any event, um, ministry event that's going to take place. And so do you want me to hit anything specifically or just let them read that? Because there's about- a lot. Uh, how about anything specific over uh, between now and May? Okay, so between Before now summer. and May. So in February, which is coming up, like we said, we've got the growth track taking place. We've got baby dedication. We talked about the two Valentines. We've got an outreach and a fundraiser. Um, we've got prayer that's taking place. Um, our men are going to actually, out here, there's actually already an error on this. So for February, <laughs> on that um, February 20th, they're actually going to be doing axe throwing and dinner, and it's going to start at 7 p.m. Cool. So this is organized axe throwing, okay? So this is, I think, at Audubon Speedway or something. I just saw some interesting faces, like, say what? Not throwing Um, axes at each other. It actually kind of sounds exciting to me. But um, so they're going to be doing that. Our children's ministry is going to be doing a a family game day 
on the 25th. I'm really excited. The last Sunday night of, uh, or this last Sunday of February, um, we've got a man by the name of Jacob, Jacob Schwartzfager. Schwartzfager that's going to become. Um, he's actually on staff with um, Overland Missions, and um, he's going to be ministering that morning and that evening at 6.30 p.m. And he's going to be teaching about a culture of honor. And um, so we've heard him teach on that, and we just think we could all be blessed known, by that. We've known Jacob and his wife, Jesse, for 12, 13 years. Um, they are full-time. They're actually second in command of Phil, you know, Phil and Sharon Smethurst are two of our overseers, um, and they're second in command of Overland. They're um, uh, director of operations for Overland Missions. But, um, but they're not necessarily not coming to promote Overland per se. Uh, we heard, actually, they were just conference. Some of our young adults were at conference in Florida a couple weeks ago and heard Jacob speak the last night. But um, uh, Jake is, man, powerful. I mean, it, uh, we were actually talking to Jesse's wife, Jesse, back in July when we, we were in Africa. We were talking to her and she was talking about what they had learned on the mission field about honor. And I was like, man, the church in America has forgotten about honor. I was like, that's something that we need to teach again. And then Jacob taught on it. Actually, I believe that last night at conference, he actually spoke on honor. And so I asked him, I said, would you like to come? And, and he's going to do a, a Sunday morning, Sunday night service. And guys, it, I believe it's going to be really, really powerful. Really excited about it. Okay, so March, the first Saturday of March, we've got a women's event um, that's taking place, workshop and lunch from 10 to 1. Um, on that Sunday, March 5th, Rick Bennett, some of you guys know him, and um, we as a church support him in his ministry. So that Sunday morning, he's going to be ministering here. Um, our men are going to take a day trip to Pinnacle Mountain. Okay, this one's important. March 18th, <laughs> Harvest Workday. Highlight it, circle it, put it on your calendar. Um, that's where our church family just gets together, and we take care of cleaning the inside, outside, the grounds, the whole bit right there. Um, our teenagers are going to be attending the ramp, and then that conference. Um, conference. And the last Sunday in March, we're going to have um, a time just for adults to get together, and we're going to have a game night and food and fellowship um, and activities hanging out with that. Um, April, April. obviously, we've got outreach at Rolling mm -hmm. Hills. We've got Easter. Um, our women will be doing a paint a canvas event. Our children's ministry is going to be having a spaghetti dinner fundraiser. And our harvest men are going to be doing a uh, Buffalo River trip, like camping. This is a roughing it trip, not a, ca a cabin trip. Don't scare anybody off. Okay. I'm roughing it that much. I'm going to be <laughs> If you don't, don't like sleeping food, outside, you don't have to catch your own food. Y'all okay. do sometimes. <laughs> Be they quiet. They catch fish and eat it. Not roughing it that much. Okay. It's not rough at all. Jeez. Okay. Um, talk about how tough these women's trips are. They're not. <laughs> I know, they're not. <laughs> On purpose. Okay. In May, um, May 6th, we've got a children's event. It's called um, Harvest Kids Memories with Mom, Selfie Challenge. Um, also, the, we've got a Harvest uh, Youth versus Parent Student Night that's taking place. Um, also, Leon. in May, um, Dr. Leon, we're going to have our harvest, school, harvest Ministry School graduation. And uh, Dr. Leon will also be ministering um, that Saturday, um, Sunday morning, and Sunday night for us. And then, did you say through May or June? I think May is fine. Okay. I think you guys can read the rest. And as you have questions, feel free to reach out. So, you've got the calendar. So, guys, start filling it in, blocking out dates. And uh, make sure that you jump in your part. I do want to go ahead and begin closing out service. I want to invite the worship team to come up as we, uh, as we close. Thank you, dear. Appreciate you. And um, uh, let's just, uh, if you would, let's just put our things down just for a couple moments. And let's just all stand up together one last time before we close out. And guys, we're talking about heaven to earth. Bringing the culture of heaven to earth. How you know that is our responsibility? 
It's our responsibility to let the fruit of our life, the fruit of what has happened in our life come forth and to bring the culture of heaven to earth. Everybody that encounters us, they should come face to face with the love of Jesus. And guys, I, I, I don't know about you, but that's convicting to me. As I know the times that I don't even sometimes notice the people that are around me because I'm, I'm on task, I'm on a mission, and I don't even see sometimes the opportunities that God has placed me to be that ambassador that he called me to be. But first and foremost, as we always do, I wanna give you the invitation to receive Jesus. If you have not received Jesus, then you're not able to experience that life we were talking about, being present with God. And I would just encourage you, the Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Hopefully, if you haven't by now, if, if, if you didn't up to this point in your life, hopefully you've come to the realization that you're a failure on your own, that you need a Savior. The Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. God knew there was nothing we could do to restore our relationship. Sinful man between a holy God, there was nothing that we could do. And so he took the step for us. The Bible says he put on human flesh. He came as Jesus Christ. Lived the perfect life in our place. And then laid that life down. The penalty that we deserve, death, he willingly chose that. He willingly stepped right into it. He laid down his life for you and me. He poured out his blood so that we could have all the benefits of heaven, that we can be restored back to a good father. So guys, the price has been paid. Jesus has rose from the dead. So the Bible says he's knocking at our hearts. Now I would encourage you today to surrender your heart and life to Jesus Christ. Nothing will ever be the same again. The Bible says that when you do it, you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin cleanse you from all unrighteousness, shame and guilt. You don't have to deal with that anymore. As you walk through this life, he's always with you. You will already, you will begin to experience true life. No matter what circumstance or situation you encounter, you'll recognize you've got a good father walking with you. You'll walk right out on the water with him and he won't let you drown. He's gonna have your back. As an ambassador of heaven, you'll have all the backing of heaven, all the backing of your father. But it requires that we humble ourselves, that we recognize our need for a savior, that we repent for living our life for ourselves. We repent for our sins. We put him on the throne of our heart and we choose to live for him whatever the cost. People say it's easy, it's just a free gift. You know, you're gonna have to work on your flesh. <laughs> it is a free gift. But it's gonna require you to die to yourself and to live for him. That's the price. And let me tell you, it is one billion percent worth it. <laughs> There's no comparison to living your life with him than living without him. If that's you with every head bowed, whether you're here in person, whether you're watching online, you would say, I need Jesus today. Is there anybody here that would just lift their hand and say, I recognize that I need a savior. I need it so desperately. I need Jesus Christ from the throne of my heart. Anybody here with your hand lifted up? Maybe you're watching a line right now and, and you just recognize that you're lost and you've been trying to live this life out in your own strength and, 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 and you realize that you just keep failing over and over again, going around the same mountain, the same circles, making no headway. I encourage you, surrender your heart to Jesus today. Say yes to him. Allow him to make all things new. I'm gonna pray a prayer. I encourage you just to pray with me. 
The Bible says if you mean it with all your heart, he makes you a brand new creation. Old things pass away, all things become new, and you become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I recognize I'm lost without Jesus. I recognize I'm utterly bankrupt. I owe a debt I can never repay. But I thank you, Lord, that you made a way. You came in my place. You lived the life that I should have lived. You took the penalty that I deserve. So today I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I repent. I turn from my self-absorbed ways. And I choose to follow Jesus. Just ask him, say, Jesus, come into my heart, into my life. Sit on the throne of my heart. Be my master. Be my savior. I believe that you died. I believe that even death could not hold you, though. I believe that you rose from the dead. And I choose to rise with you into the newness of life. I'll follow you to the end. Thank you for giving me life. And just say, Holy Spirit, fill me and empower me to be everything you called me to be. I'll follow you all the days of my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So guys, here's what I'm going to do real quick before we leave here for just a moment. I'm going to invite, ask our prayer partners, our pastors, elders, senior leaders, if you guys would come down to the sides. And we're going to sing this chorus uh, one or two more times through. I want you to, if, number one, if you gave your life to Christ or rededicate your life to Christ, I want you to come down. I want you to tell one of these folks. I want you to talk to them. If you, if you want to be water baptized, we're going to get you water baptized. No, we won't do it this second. We, we'll let you come back and bring some appropriate clothes with you and whatnot. But, but we'll get you scheduled. If you need a Bible, we'll get you a Bible, whatever your need may be. But maybe you have a prayer need. Maybe you recognize that, maybe you recognize that, that, that you need to be more of a reflection of heaven on earth. Maybe the Lord's dealing with you in your heart on areas that, that you know, he's just shining his light on some of those dark areas in the corners of your heart and saying, hey, we need to deal with this. Can we deal with this together? You just feel that conviction inside. I encourage you to come down and tell one of these folks and say, hey, this is, I just got to hear in my life, I'm surrendering to the Lord today. And, and I, I don't know what the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, but I encourage you, even as we sing this last, this last chorus, I, I encourage you guys, whatever your prayer need may be, may, maybe you need a financial breakthrough, maybe you're believing for a family member, maybe you're dealing with sickness and, 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 and stuff in your body, and you want somebody to agree with you for healing. These folks are here, and they would love to stand with you. They'd love to talk to you. They'd love to pray with you. As we do this, I want you to just ask, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me today? What is it that you're asking me to shore up in my life? What is it that I can do to be an even better ambassador of the kingdom of heaven where you've called me today? If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.